Having car problems? Well, with Rhoda, getting them fixed is as easy as ordering takeout. They'll come pick up your car for free, do any repair or maintenance needed, and return it right to your driveway. They'll even give you a complimentary video inspection of your car so you can see what needs to be done. Perfect for those of us that maybe aren't so car savvy. Book your appointment online at roda.com. And lucky for you, CityCast listeners get a 20% discount on any service for up to $100 off. Just use the code CityCast20. Today on CityCast DC, when I first heard about Siddharth Murchal and Bobo Stankovic, the two local guys who set out to visit every bike share dock in the DMV, I had two thoughts. First, why? Why, Siddharth and Bobo, why? The second, I bet these dudes know a ton of tips and tricks when it comes to biking around town. So I am here today to talk with them about the latter and maybe just a little bit of the former. Today is Thursday, August 24th. I'm Michael Schaefer, and here's what DC is talking about. Hey, Sid and Bobo, thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much. So how many ports are there in the Capital Bike Share system? Yeah, so... When we finished, I believe there were 723. We hit the last one, but since then they've, they've added even more. So why did you decide to visit every single one of these 700 some ports? I think it started off as a, bit of a, as a bit of a funny challenge. We had visited like 80, 100 of them and said, I bet nobody's done that before. Turns out somebody had actually done that before. We were not at all original, but it was still, as we visited more and more, we saw the benefits of doing it, right? We had gone to places we probably wouldn't have spent a lot of time in, and we were doing a physical challenge, which was also beneficial. So was your deal like you would actually go and park your bike there, or or would you just like tag them and, and, and be done? Yeah, so the way we did it is the app can track now where you park your bike. And that was part of what started it for us. We thought we'd seen so much of the bike share network and of DC, but we opened the app and it shows us that we've only been to like eight or 10% of all the bikes. And we're like, oh my God. And so the bike, the app tracks every time you put in or take out a bike from a dock. So our rule was you had to visit each dock, which means you had to either put in or take out, or usually both, from a dock. But you didn't necessarily have to like hang around for an hour or two? No, no. All right, so this system, it's like, there are docks in Reston, and there are docks in Largo. That's a pretty long way. You must have seen some wacky places along the way. Tell me about some of them. It's easy to come to appreciate the value of biking infrastructure when you're doing something like this. Because when we were inside of DC, there's all these protected bike lanes. Google Maps even is like ready to help you navigate specifically across the bike lanes. So it's a much easier path, basically. But when you get farther out, especially in areas outside of DC, like when we were in Largo, um, there were times when to visit two stations, Google Maps routed us through an actual highway. So it's me and Sid and a Chevy Malibu in the back. Uh, But it was, I, I think that really makes us appreciate the value of it. What was the longest ride you did? For me, it was about 40 miles. But again, this we, we weren't like particularly like 
exerting ourselves, right? Because this would be 40 miles across like several hours. Where was that 40 miles to? Up from Rockville all the way down. The way we do it usually is like on a certain weekend day for a period of six months, we would pick like a neighborhood or a cluster of bike stops and, you know, visit them over several hours, right? There's usually not one that's just in isolation really far away. There's usually at least a few together. Um, so we'd go do that. What would you do if you got to a stop and it was all full? <laughs> oh, oh, we came across this multiple times. Basically, we have the app that lets us unlock like through the app. But you can also unlock in the station itself with a separate credit card. So I would always bring like two credit cards just in case the, the station was full. <laughs> and, and luckily there was one time, and this showed, shows the kindness of people, I got to a stop in Maryland in College Park and it was full and I didn't have another credit card. And another person walking by, I had to explain to them what I was doing. And they kindly took out their biking app, like took one out so I could dock and, and so people were helpful along the way. So do you look like a good guy, but if someone were to say that to me, like, hey, I'm biking to every bike share stop, can I have your credit card? <laughs> I might not cough it up. I'm just saying. Which shows the kindness, the, the kind disposition <laughs> of DC folk. I think part of it for me was that people really got involved. Like our, fr I mean, Sid made the anecdote of the actual random stranger. There would be people who like would see us biking uphill and starting to cheer. There were friends who would like join us in some of the prettier places like Alexandria to bike with us. I think like doing something like this is a good way to get like community buy-in basically. And there was a good Atlantic article that I shared with Sid after we were done about pointless goals and how we should like try to set pointless goals even if we're like not rewarded for them. So I would encourage our audience to, to do something even if it's not specifically visiting every bike share station. When was the last time you went to the theater? Well, we have a new show for you to check out. The Gala Theater in Columbia Heights is showing the political musical comedy Museum in the Closet, Avida's Return, which follows Argentine icon Eva Perón to the afterlife as her preserved corpse ignites political scandals, clandestine affairs, and mysterious murders. The show is full of samba, reggae, and tango that will have you tapping your feet nonstop. The show is in Spanish with English surtitles and will run from May 9th through June 9th. Get your tickets now at galatheater.org or call 202-234-7174. All right, so give us some advice based on you're now having navigated so many uh, miles of roadway in the city of Washington and in the close-in suburbs. Like, what was your most beautiful ride of all the ones you took? I think uh, starting from the Lincoln Memorial and down to Haynes Point was very pretty, especially this was peak cherry blossom season. So you're biking down the riverfront, the waterfront, and you're seeing all these cherry blossoms. And after the first couple of stops, it's not super tourist heavy either. I think that was one of the prettiest ones for me. For me, one of the most unexpected beautiful ones was I was up in Bethesda and uh, Google Maps routed me down the Bethesda Trolley Trail, which I did not know about. And I had this nice kind of long, like four or five mile ride down to DC on the Bethesda Trolley Trail on a Saturday morning. And it was just beautiful. All right. So you mentioned that the infrastructure within DC is good, not just the infrastructure that the city has built, but that sort of technology has thrown up that Google Maps kind of gets that there is a bike population that might want bike specific directions. What's the best bike lane in the city? 
best bike lane in the city. I like the one that's close to me on 9th Street. Tends to be reasonably well protected. Sid, do you have a better call? No, that one's great. I think that, yeah, the 9th Street one, because it also has things stopping cars from going in. I probably use the one on like either T or R Street to get from my place to Trader Joe's and back. That's probably the most mm -hmm. uh, used one, but especially kind of the area in which we spend time has, has really good bike lanes. Do you go out of your way to reach a bike lane? It'll depend. Uh, Sid was a skeptic of the value of safety. He didn't even wear a helmet in the first like week or so, but I think we've now converted him and I would personally go, go the extra like couple of minutes to reach a bike lane one. Yeah, I think for me, almost always, if like it's a late at night or like sometime where there's no cars, maybe not, but like often it's very helpful and it's not far away. Candidly, I'd mostly be biking only in like when I'd be only biking in downtown DC or in streets that I knew, I thought, oh, like it's easy, fast. And especially there's folks that use kind of bikes or transportation to and from work and they think it's, oh, it's clunky, it's hard to wear. So when I first started, I was using biking for commuting and I was like, oh, this is inconvenient. But especially as I started to bike, I was lucky, knock on wood, not to have any serious accident. But I like realized how incredibly valuable and important it is to have one, especially when we started in biking in areas that there wasn't good biking infrastructure or it might be a little bit more risky depending on how the cars are driving. So I think I realized the value quite quickly when I moved from being a kind of pedestrian biker just biking to and from work and more kind of exploring. So if, what about places to avoid? Like if now that Sid has been converted to the cause of physical safety, what is the most dangerous place in the city? The highways, for sure. Definitely don't bike on a highway. <laughs> I would say the area around like Lanfond Plaza Navy Yard, is it's a beautiful space, except on Google Maps, it's a little hard to tell what's actually a road and what when you're about to get onto like a highway and you should not be on. So that part was a little bit tricky. All right. So believe it or not, uh, some people don't actually bike very much. And some of them are even nervous about it. So we got an email from one of our listeners who is asking, what is a good place in the city to get started if you want to get into biking? Are there better bike lanes than others? I would say if you're going to get started, I wouldn't even try to bike in a specific bike lane. I would go down on the mall. I know that biking on grass is not as easy as biking on actual asphalt, but I think trying to learn there and practicing there is good. But then transitioning from safer areas to actual bike lanes, maybe like the one on the ninth that we talked, that I think that's the way to go. All right. What about if you are just in the mood to explore the city? Give me a give me a tip and a trick and an itinerary. I think going from like anywhere, let's say central, like from Shah all the mm -hmm. way to the Arboretum where you get to see a good chunk of the city, but then you end up at the Arboretum where there's like two or three stops as well. So you get to see some of the nature inside of DC. I would recommend that. That's your favorite place to bike in the city? I would say so. I mean, my favorite place to bike in the city is on M Street from my home to my job. But my uh -huh. second favorite place uh, will be to the Arboretum. But wait, you both own bikes, right? I don't. Yeah, I, I do, but I, I barely use it in DC because the bike share system is, is just so good. So the logic is you get a bike share because you can just put it someplace and then if you wind up walking home or uh, getting a ride, you don't have to worry about where your bike is. Exactly. Um, and you go shopping using a bike share. It's towards Trader Joe's. Yeah, yeah, my house to Trader Joe's and then on the way back, I've got like two grocery bags on each side of the bike balancing me, taking me back home. Are there laws against drunken bicycling? I bet they are. Yeah, I bet there are. I hope there are, yeah. <laughs> I think it's probably against the spirit of the law in any case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's your next pointless goal? 
TBD, we're trying to figure it out. I'm lost, Michael. I have no idea what to do. <laughs> but when you got to the bike share stations, did you like tag them or I mean, you can you can admit it here. We're just between friends, <laughs> like graffiti, put your names on them. No, we did think like, wouldn't it be nice if they named a bike station after us, but they name all the bike stations after streets. So now the next move is to name a street after us. Right. Yeah. We can all dream. One of my learnings from this whole experience is like, you can only really plan up to like 70 to 80% of your path. You can give a vague sense of like, I want to go from here to here, but sometimes there's a road that's closed that maps won't tell you, or there's a shortcut that kind of comes out, which can, you know, really change your journey. So I think having a general sense, but like being willing to go with the flow, because sometimes something doesn't work. Another learning for me is just like how diverse neighborhoods are in DC, both like across and within neighborhoods. And mm. there's kind of stereotypes of certain neighborhoods being really fancy or really not. And sometimes that can hold true, but a lot of times you can surprise yourself if you go in with an open mind. Sid, Bobo, thank you so much for being here. Come back when you find your next pointless goal to try to reach. Will do. Thank you so much, Michael. And now for some quick news. I'm here with our audio producer, Julia. What's happening, Julia? George Washington University is officially arming campus police officers to address rising crime despite local outcry. Armed officers will have to complete implicit bias training each semester, monthly de-escalation training, and renew their firearms qualifications three times per year. But more than 200 faculty members are still against the plan and signed a letter denouncing it. Meanwhile, a group of Virginia parents has asked the Supreme Court, yes, SCOTUS, to hear its case arguing that the admissions process at the prestigious Thomas Jefferson High School racially discriminates against Asian American students. TJ recently changed its admissions process to increase the diversity of the school. The changes also meant the Asian American student population went from about 70% to roughly 50%. And finally, the DC classic steak frites restaurant Medium Rare is expanding nationwide. Its first location outside of the DMV has opened in New Orleans. The spot is planning on opening in many cities, specifically those with professional football teams. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. I'm Michael Schaefer from Politico. I want to thank those of you who have subscribed to our show and sent in feedback. We've been blown away by the support. And if you haven't, uh, shame on you. Kidding. But subscribe now and check out our morning newsletter, too. We'll be back on Thursday with more news from around the city. Bye.